This is Alicia, and welcome to the College Life Podcast. I am super passionate about education, personal development, growth, and bringing out the best in every college student. This podcast will help motivate you, empower you, and bring you clarity and confidence in who you are, in your purpose, and help you take action toward a life you love. Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. Welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here, and today I am interviewing um, a recent college graduate, Gio Cortez. He is a partnership manager at the New School Podcast, and yes, a recent graduate, so woo-woo. Um, did you get a chance to celebrate it all? <laughs> like, what was that like? I, I mean, maybe for like the weekend, my family had a barbecue, and that was it. Not, nothing too big. Obviously, you can't do anything too big with, with uh, COVID-19, um, but hopefully when whenever this is all over we can I can go finally graduate as I was meant to be originally so yeah yeah I know that's such a hard thing and I'm sorry that you had to not it's no, still like an exciting time <laughs> no I've, I've heard enough I'm sorry from people where it's like you know what it's 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 nothing at this point like I'm I'm fine yeah <laughs> yeah okay cool well let's first go ahead and get started about how how did you even choose college like what was kind of in your mind and in the admissions process for you man okay that is such a woo okay I guess as every kid in Los Angeles who grows up Hispanic from these low-income communities college is is always this like big thing that that's like oh my god it's so glamorous like I want to go there the best of the best go there I didn't really start thinking about it until maybe my junior year of high school where I had my AP U.S. history teacher shout out Miss Holland I think she was the one who really got me to really think about oh, where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do with my career originally. Because before that, I was kind of like, yeah, I'll just go wherever. If it's UCLA, like, I'm just like throwing a name out there. For example, if it's UCLA, like, fine. If it's forever, I mean, I don't really care. College is college at the end of the day. But she made me realize that it's more of like where you go does actually matter in a way. Like, like yeah, you can like look at it as like college. It's like it doesn't matter where you go. But I think more so it has to do with like more of the people and the connections you make at those schools. It's, it's it, the, the prestige that UCLA has as such like a big name. I mean, I believe it's still the number one public university in the nation, unless like there's like some ranking that comes out within like the next, I mean, rankings are usually like, it changes. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter. So come senior year, I had, I remember this very vividly. The very first day of senior year, our college counselor, Ms. Saavedra, I mean, we knew this beforehand. We knew this like a week before senior year started. So the first day, all seniors after school had to gather in the library, and we made our original Cal State and UC accounts on the very first day. No waiting, no no beating around a bush. Like, let's get right down to business because this is going to get intense, and intense it was. So kind of through there, I was kind of selecting – based on like what I wanted to do because originally I was a math major you know heaven forbid I didn't know what I was getting myself into at that point but at that point I was like you know what like I, I like math it's it, it's easy to me quote unquote. I mean let's hold that with a grain of salt it's easy um maybe I can become like a CS engineer or something in the future or uh some mathematician or a professor you know you know you, you very narrow-minded thinking you're not really thinking about it like once you get there I guess but uh 
you know, obviously I wanted to stay in California. If I had to move out of state, I mean, those were under special circumstances. So I think I also spent a lot of time with my personal statements, especially for the UCs, because that was kind of like more of my aim, like not to discredit the the Cal States or, or any of those schools. I mean, they're great schools too, but I had my vision set on higher standards, I guess you could say, or high prestige schools, because I mean, those were quote-unquote you make the money I guess or, or where your alumni status matters the most so I kind of ha- had my sights set on really any UC school I mean when I applied to UCLA I, I I was good like don't get me wrong like, I was a good student but when I looked at their like their their like statistics page and like you need like a 4.1 GPA and you need like this specific SAT score this specific ACT score and you need these many extracurriculars I was like like I'll give it, like, there's nothing wrong in, in applying, like, if I don't get in, like, okay, well, at least I tried, you know, I think if I didn't even apply, I would have always looked with that, you know, oh, what if I applied, you know, and, you know, here we are, four years later, I applied to UCLA, accepted, and, I mean, obviously, the, the, the major and everything has completely changed from when I first started, but I'm, I'm grateful that I applied and wasn't scared of rejection in the first place, so, yeah. Gosh, I feel like we should just dive right into that because yes. that, is, <laughs> that is such a good, uh, I, I, whatever you said that you were like, um, yeah, like I'll just apply, I'll just try and like, yeah. you know, and thinking kind of long-term, I think a lot of students um, are like this and a lot of students are not like this. And I'm like this too of like, well, I wasn't, I think a long time, like when I was a current, mm-hmm. when I was a college student. But now I think so futuristically where I'm like, am I going to regret this in 10 years or in five years or mm-hmm. <laughs> next year if I don't at least try this, then, yeah. then I have to try it, you know? So I think yeah. it's so cool that you, um, you kind of had that mentality before you mm-hmm. even got to college. So that's, and it's, and it clearly has paid off for you. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if I, if I didn't even apply or try and then it turns out, oh, maybe I was qualified to get and then I probably wouldn't be able to live that down for the rest of my life so great decision at the end of the day (laughs) yeah yeah that's great um cool so I want to go into this rankings and prestige conversation Mm -hmm. I haven't talked about this much on the podcast so I think it's really great that you brought it up because I kind of always go back and forth on this where I'm like it doesn't matter at all and then it matters so freaking much it's it's like both sides of the same coin it's this weird yeah (laughs) yeah it's 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 one of those things where it's like like you said, it does matter, but then it doesn't matter in like some circumstances because, okay, obviously we can look at the alumni immediately, right? I can, can I even name a UCLA alumni, alumni off the top of my head? Probably not. I mean, it's probably like out of my mind right now, but, but there's, there's a lot of like famous like celebrities and people who have graduated from UCLA and kind of like continuing that legacy, I guess, compared to other schools because you kind of look at other schools and they're like, yeah, but like, what's so good about it? And you look at UC, well, back then I kind of look at UCLA and like, Oh my God, like she graduated there. Like he graduated there. And then look where he's at, look where she's at right now. So in my, that was also like part of like why I chose it there in the first place was because, okay, well, if these people chose UCLA and are where they are right now, you know, I must be after I graduate, I must be like set for life with, with the alumni connections and how deep the, the network really wants. But maybe if I were to look back at it now, now knowing what I know, maybe that wouldn't have been such a big deal because honestly, I mean, obviously, yes, it depends on like what career you choose, I guess. 
and I guess this prestige thing has more to do with, I guess, more career-wise and more what you do if, if you decide to go to grad school or if you, beca- or if you become, like, a celebrity later in life. I mean, it's, it's still this hard thing to grasp, but I, I, it's, like, after going through four years of it, like, I, I kind of do see, like, the benefits of prestige, but at the end of the day, it's, like, but what does it really come down to? Is it, like, a numbers game? Is it, like, who has the highest GPA? Is it you know, depending on how many students, you know, so many factors, like the, the professors, how many awards have they won? Have they won? You know, it, it's still, it's still kind of like confuses me a little bit, but I, I do see like some sort of clarity on that aspect. But if I knew now what I knew four years ago, I probably wouldn't have taken that much into consideration, but I mean, I'm not regretting any of it. So worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just one factor that you have to take into consideration, right? Yeah. It's not the factor. It's also not not a factor, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Um, and yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, one factor. So if you're a current mm-hmm. college student and you're thinking about transferring just about prestige, you know, I think really reflect on that and think about why mm-hmm. might yeah. be, why, why that might be a good decision or maybe mm-hmm. not the best decision. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that you it sounds like you really took away from your time at UCLA is the connections that you built. So I'm curious for you, first off, let's go with who did you build a connection with and why did that matter to you? Uh, professionally or like in a friendly manner or just any type of connection? Beneficial connections that you've had. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> this is actually pretty funny because she, um, she didn't even, uh, well, the four years I was there, she had just, so when I, came in as my freshman year. She had just recently graduated. Um, so when I had my internship at 60 Second Docs, I don't know if you you looked at my LinkedIn or, or something. Um, my coordinator, Claire, she actually went to UCLA. So I was thinking when I was having that interview, I was like, did me going to UCLA have any sort of significance to that? Did she look at my resume differently? Because obviously it's like a whole team, but did having her as like a UCLA alumnus, like did that, help me in any way and it turns out um at the end of the first quarter like I we had a big lunch amongst the marketing team kind of going off track a little bit but I had kind of asked like you know why did you hire me in that sense and she kind of told me like well your resume was really good I mean obviously you went to UCLA kind of like like how I did so there was that familiarity with like how how rigorous the course load was how the environment is how you know, she was kind of like more like she she was more understanding than with other candidates. Like, I'm pretty sure there was other other candidates who went to UCLA as well, but ultimately she ended up with me. <laughs> um, but again, I think that was a beneficial connection right there because almost immediately I kind of like correlated the fact that like, oh, she went to UCLA and, like, and that she has this position out, this prestigious company. And I'm just an intern who's currently going to, well, who went to UCLA at the time. Maybe that little detail did have, some benefit in the long run because the way I kind of look at it is that if the decision comes down to two candidates more likely than and the resumes pretty much essentially look the same in terms of like experience more likely than not they're going to choose a person who went to the more prestigious school because that's just that's just how it is at the end of the day because your employer realize okay you've had a more rigorous course load you've had you've gone to a more prestigious school your connections are more than likely to be over the top so that's probably one of those moments where we goes, okay, that's what, that's why having that UCLA name on your resume is so important is building those connections outside of work. 
Yeah, who else um, did you meet on campus that you feel like either on campus or just through just through your time in college that you feel like has been really um, impactful for you? Uh, probably my two roommates that I got to know my sophomore and junior year. Shout out Austin and Kenny, because before that in my first year, I really didn't get along with my roommates. And that wasn't even considering the fact that well, originally it was three roommates, but then one of them dropped out like after the first two weeks and I really didn't get to talk to my other roommate. So we kind of just coexisted to put it kindly. Mm -hmm. But when I had my roommates my second year, complete 180. It was like, oh my gosh, like I'm looking forward to talking to these guys every day. We, we've stayed up all night, multiple nights, just talking about like whatever, just conversing as if we were, you know, if we, we were siblings in that manner. Um, but also, you know, that connection also helped me realize that I have a family away from like my original family. It was genuinely the first time where I felt like I have something to look forward to at, at, at the end of each day because, you know, I could have had a, a bad midterm or like I could have had a, you know, I could have not done so well in, in, in some of these quizzes. But I could always look forward to my roommates at the end of the day. You know, we, we would always cheer each other up. We would always talk about whatever we were struggling through. Um, you know, and the fact that we go to UCLA at the end of the day, like, it didn't really hit me that I went to UCLA until, like, my second year. It's like, wow, like, I go to this, like, such prestigious school. I have the coolest roommates ever. I've made a lot of great friends here. So most of my professors are amazing, you know. I, I, I'm, I was starting to see, like, the real value of attending such a prestigious school. And that's not even mentioning the fact that, you know, over time you develop this, like, certain bond where it's not even you don't even like consider them as roommates anymore anymore you consider them more as like lifelong friends like maybe i'll get invited to like one of their weddings in like 20 years time or something like that but you know i think ucla will always be like the one thing that you know whether it was a good experience or a bad experience amongst the three of us i think ucla will always be like the forever like bonding like the reason why we will always get together so i'm definitely grateful for that yeah, I think anytime that you're with somebody who has um, now a similar, like, interest, right, or similar experience, yeah. you know, um, like, I feel like I can, I can identify with your story. I had very similar, like, friendships from um, my school. So I went to Florida State, and I freaking loved it. I loved my, the, the people that I met there, the connections that I made, the relationships that I made. Um, mm -hmm. And I had a very similar experience to you, but it was a completely different campus, a completely different alumni, completely different prestige, I would say, too. Um, so it's just like an interesting kind of dynamic. Um, like you can have that anywhere, but it, it still looks, it can look different. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting that you feel like you kind of met your group of people, like your sophomore and junior year, like mm -hmm. you kind of um, developed over that time. And I guess, how did that happen? How, was it random roommates again? Or? Yeah, it, it was random roommates. Like, I, I didn't know any of these people beforehand. And luckily, they're lifelong friends now. I mean, great contrast compared to my first year where, you know, you're kind of like just thrown into this, this like pit of fire. And it's like, all right, go figure everything out on your own. Go figure out. Go figure out how to talk to random people you've never met before. Go handle this culture shock coming from like a primarily Latino community. And then you see people of Asian descent different ethnicities around the world go handle that so i would say like definitely like my second and third year were probably like easily the best years of of the four oh, that's so yeah yeah so what was it like coming from so you said you came from a largely latino background and then yeah. 
Um, UCLA is predominantly white institution. Uh, I would say so. Asian, you can throw an Asian there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know much about like how they're classified, but um, yeah. So what was that transition like for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm a product from LAUSD, which is like the second largest school district in the nation, I believe. Oh, and obviously predominantly Hispanic community. All my teachers were Hispanic as well. I mean, there were some teachers, I mean, my counselor, she went to UCLA herself and she kind of told us that, you know, be prepared for like the culture shock because it's not going to be what it's, you're going to be, you're going to see people from like places you've never even heard of before. You're going to meet people that you've probably only seen from afar. And I don't think, I think it was moving day of my freshman year where like I saw so many people from different backgrounds and ethnicities. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so, I ha almost had like an out of body experience where it's like, where are people, where are like my people? Like, can I like meet someone who's like, who speaks Spanish as a second language or like who has the same skin tone. It was really weird. I think only like one other person on my floor was like of Hispanic heritage. And it was kind of like that realization was like, wow, like we're so underrepresented in these like schools. We need more representation. Yeah. But even then I still wasn't even prepared for it. But I mean, obviously as the years on by, you, you just get used to it at some point. But just that very first day there, it was just like, wait, I need to like process this and realize like, wow, like this culture shock, shock is anything bigger than I would have thought before. So, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you, you found community later <laughs> on um, mm -hmm. in your, at least in your roommates, for sure. Yeah. Um, were you able to connect with any other groups on campus, like clubs or organizations? So at the end of my second year around, well, actually during my spring quarter of second year, which is the last quarter of the academic year, I joined the TEA, which is the Themed Entertainment Association. So anything you can think with theme parks, museums, anything themed entertainment you can think of off the top of your head. There, there's a club that's dedicated to building professional connections with or, you know, just building up your resume skills or, you, you know, it's a professional development club, right? So I attend one of these meetings and, they're, you, you know, they kind of make this like big presentation of like, kind of like what I told you essentially. and it it was the first time where I felt like, oh, like, this is, like, I def I can definitely, like, see myself, like, going to these meetings, like, once a week, you know, meeting these cool people, and, you know, a lot of my friends from there are, are from there, too, and I actually ran for the board uh, going into my third year, so I was the uh, partnerships coordinator for them as well, so, I mean, I even got to know more of, of those people on, like, a more personal level. And obviously just being the only Hispanic person on the board as well had like some, I guess it, for me at least it had like some weight to it because then I started to see that, okay, this industry is really, the, or the Hispanic uh, community is really underrepresented in this specific community. We need that like more representation. And that was kind of like the first, kind of like the first to break through. I mean, within the club, not, not within the industry, obviously, but within the club because they the the other members beforehand had realized that like like oh this kid does know a lot about theme parks but he doesn't i mean obviously he didn't say this but like you know i kind of look different from him in terms of like skin tone or, or you know just just from like a, a race standpoint because most of them were white like i'll be honest i mean it didn't really matter at the end of the day because i made a lot of friends during my time there and it, it was really cool so 
Yeah, that's really cool. And it sounds like it, um, well, I guess we don't really know much about your goals because you were interested in math. And yeah. then that, that's a, that's a story in itself. <laughs> yeah. And then you transitioned into this like themed entertainment space. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that transition. Um, how did, how did that go and what did you end up majoring in? I originally got accepted as a mathematics with computation major because like I said, in high school, I was like, Oh, I'll just do math. I'll, I like computers. I like math. Should be easy. I took, I take my first college math class and I failed badly. And it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with the class itself. Like I understood the class, but when it came down to like just purely studying for midterms and finals, I had no idea how to study properly for this. Mm -hmm. And then when it came down to, all right, midterm day, I was kind of, kind of like looking at it as like, what, what, what do I even do? You know, it was kind of like losing like I knew how to do the problems, but it was just like, I just forgot like how to do them in the moment. And I think that class kind of like flipped my whole perception on like my career, because obviously you, you, you can hear stories from people of like who are trying and then they'll eventually get it. But I think in some points I realized that it wasn't what I really had in mind in, in the first place, I guess, because I didn't expect the college math class to be so quick and so hard in, I mean, a quarter only lasts 10 weeks. Well, if you add finals week, that's 11 weeks. Compared to like a semester in high school, where it's like you get like half the year to learn like calculus. And then in college, you're like, all right, you're going to learn calculus BC in 10 weeks. Good luck. Here's what you need to know. And then here's midterms, finals, and then just everything piling up. I mean, and then it's just a problem with the math. I, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it. It's just because that's like a whole nother conversation. But I think the math department there, they, they don't really prepare you for, they're more preparing you for like, like wanting you to go to grad school and more of that career path rather than like preparing you for like the real world. And then after graduation, you'll be set. I mean, that, that's just a whole nother conversation, but I quickly realized that math wasn't really, or at least the college math and the way that the professors kind of like taught it, it wasn't really, towards my liking like I still like math to this day like don't get me wrong like I guess math in college made me realize that it's not exactly what I had envisioned so that perception quickly changed <laughs> yeah so what what did you turn to whenever you started realizing oh this might not be kind of what I'm looking for mm -hmm. so I think after my first year of like just like kind of like staying with the major and like you know I'll try again with the math class. I kind of like that summer, the summer after my freshman year, I kind of spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, what do I really love? What do I, what am I really like good at or passionate about? And then I realized I'm on social media like 24 seven. I know how different platforms work like the back of my head, right? And I realized, you know, I can go into, you know, marketing or, 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 or something something within those lines because I, I kind of like promoting like the idea of like using social media to promote like certain brands or like certain products or just spreading a company's message or, or whatever, whatever people like. But then I realized one big problem, UCLA doesn't have a strict like marketing focused degree. There's no marketing BS. Right. So I kind of like had a look at the, the register for like the different degrees. You can pretty much go anywhere from, Com, communications, busy, con, econ, or sociology. And I kind of, and I 
lean more towards sociology because com had like these prerequisites that you had to have completed by like your first year or it was something really weird so i ultimately chose sociology because you know you can just take a couple prerequisites and you're into the major and it wasn't really because the major was easy it was more so to do with the fact that a lot of what you can learn in sociology could definitely be applied into marketing because you can definitely learn more about you know how people perceive things or if they're going to really agree with the the message that you're sending or if, if people around the world are going to agree with you, you, you know, it's, it's a lot of things. So I think it was more towards the move of like marketing and social media that I fell in love with rather than, you know, just sociology as a, as a degree in itself, I guess. But there, there are some things in sociology that I learned that definitely can be applied to what I've seen throughout like my various internships within the marketing industry. So yeah, I love that you made that connection because I think it's so hard whenever you realize that maybe a major is not your right fit and then the major that you actually want that isn't offered at your campus and then you're like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. now what do I do? Do I just have to like settle? And you don't have to settle. It's I love that you were kind of like, okay, what else interests me? And then yeah. how can I help? How can I use that to help me get to where I want to be? And mm-hmm. then also, I mean, just based on like what you've shared so far, there, you're doing so many things outside of school, which I want to get to as well, that have helped you yeah. mold those together, even like your degree with your and build the skills that you maybe weren't getting in your degree, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I love that you made that connection connection explicitly too. I, I talked to a few students who like couldn't get into like, let's say communication because it's super competitive and they didn't have the mm-hmm. GPA. And so I'm like, okay, but you could study psychology. You could study sociology. These are all like how the brain works and like, why, are, why do people make decisions this way? You know, you could, mm-hmm. those are all applicable to communication in, in so yeah. many different ways. So exactly. I love that you made that explicitly. That's great. So mm-hmm. let's talk about some of the experiences that you have had outside of school. So you talked sure. about the 60 second docs. So mm-hmm. tell us more about that. How, how, like, how did you even hear about it? And then what was that like? Yeah. So <laughs> with 60 second docs, that was, um, I actually started looking for fall internships or, or actually like around this time, maybe mid July. Kind of like where I'm at right now in terms of like finding like a full-time job. Wait, so like yeah, a year it, ago? Uh, almost a year. Oh, maybe okay. until like maybe until like mid-July, it's almost going to be a year. But yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. So, I mean, obviously, you, as many students have before, you're just searching through LinkedIn. You're just applying to many internships as you can. Um, this is like one of those like easy apply. You just click a button and then, all right, your application is sent, right? They get back to me within the day. So they were pretty responsive. I prepared for that interview really, really well. Like I spent at least a good six hours just preparing for the interview, just learning more about their brand, learning more of what their mission is about. So I went into this interview really like, I don't think I've ever been more prepared for an interview than I have for that one before. Like I'll I'll just say that right now. I don't think I've ever been more prepared for an interview than I have for them. So I had the interview. It was it was a whole marketing tour. It was three people. So they were kind of like asking me quite each, each of them were kind of like asking me questions about, you know, my experiences beforehand. And then I think what really impressed them was the questions I had because they were, they were so in-depth questions. They weren't just like your generic, like, Oh, like what are your work hours? Like what's the culture? Like, sure. Those are good questions, but I think it's the questions that they think you're not going to ask that I think is what ultimately gets you the higher because I was asking about, 
so like let's quote for example right i was asking about i noticed that in the month of june there was a lot of content about this and then in july there was a lot of content about this was there any what's the reasoning behind releasing certain content on certain weeks is there a scheduling pattern why is there an animal episode this week and why is there like a wealth episode next week uh what's your biggest social media platform? Do you post more on every platform? What's scheduling like? It's just the, the, the little details. I was asking those questions because I was like so passionate about it. I was so passionate about this. Brand. I was just getting into like, you know, like SEO jargon, like, like these mark, this, these different marketing terms. And I think they, they came to realize that like, I was, I was like so excited just, just even talking to him. Like I wasn't even like thinking about like getting the internship. Like obviously that's out of my, my hand, but, but I think them realizing that I was like so into their brand was like ultimately made them hire me in the first place. So I had the interview. Obviously, I feel really good about it. They feel really good about it. Now it's just the waiting period. I think they get back to me two, three weeks later. Uh, Claire, my coordinator, gives me a call and she was like, congratulations, you got the position. And I, I was actually driving, so I had to like stop on the curb for a little bit. I had to pick up the phone. And I, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, are you serious? And like, I couldn't believe it because to go from like, kind of like these like chair before and kind of like go to go from like these like nonprofits and like lesser known brands to all of a sudden just like making this like huge jump to like, to, like a verified account on Instagram. They've won so many awards. It's, it was kind of like, like, wow, like I did that. Like, like, I can't believe I actually did that. So, I mean, and in terms of like my time there, I, I, there's so much I can tell you about what I did during my time there, but just to like summarize it, it was, it definitely opened my eyes more to what goes into like a production and more of like gaining an appreciation of what goes on behind the scenes with a production company. Because I mean, people can look at like pieces of content on like, like you can follow like a page about pets on Instagram, for example. Right. But you don't really know the amount of, time it takes to even just post that in the first place you know because i've sat in these copy meetings just thinking about how do we you know what's the thumbnail do what do we choose for the thumbnail for this episode what's the copy going to look like when are we going to post this are we going to use certain hashtags are we going to use this type of language are we going to tag this person xyz there's just a lot that goes into it and i kind of fell in love with it to the point where I looked more forward to this internship more than it did my classes. Like it was that amazing to me. Obviously I didn't want it to end because of, of this whole pandemic, but you know, nine months well spent where I just, I'm infinitely in debt to them. I owe them everything. Hopefully they're, they're still around. I don't know what's what the, what the future holds for them, but I, I just owe a lot to them. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it was a really great experience for you. And um, I think one of the things that I wonder, just making a connection from the beginning of our conversation, where you were kind of like, well, what if I just apply, you know, and in this case, it wasn't like you were looking for like this company to say, I want to work for Mm -hmm. them, but then you saw it and then you were like, oh, well, I guess I'll put my name out there. Right. And I think so many times we don't go for things because we rule ourselves out 
for one reason mm-hmm. or another. Sometimes society tells us that you're probably not ready or you're not going to be good enough or smart enough yeah. to do this, right? And then sometimes it's ourselves and sometimes it's both. Um, <laughs> and so just putting yourself out there and just seeing if it's possible. And mm-hmm. I love like that. Like that's like a huge message that I want podcast listeners to get is that, you know, possibilities are out there. We just have to keep trying different things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think another thing I wanted to highlight too is that you said at the beginning of your, or when you were interviewing and you were prepping for this, mm-hmm. when you went into the interview, you were just genuinely curious. You had us so many questions and you were just yeah. like, well, what about this? And, and I think that energy and that excitement is so present. People can tell. And whenever I like, I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on this soon, but like when you want to make friends or you want to be like an interesting person, you have to be curious about other people. And if you can be curious about other people and especially if it's genuine, people want to be around you (laughs) like because you are constantly learning and trying new things and, Mm -hmm. and doing these weird things. And you have so much content to talk about personally too. Um, when you, when you do that. So I just think that genuine curiosity is going to serve you well in the future too. I mean, yeah. And, and clearly they saw that too. So. Yeah. Because even my coordinator, like we, we were just having this conversation, like a couple of months into the internship, she told me like, you, you can tell when people know what they're talking about in an interview. Like you, you can just straight up tell, like just like the tone of their voice, like how much they talk. Like, I actually think I spent more time on my asking my questions and like the actual, like their questions. And I think that's a good sign. So. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I love that. And the fact that you had prepared so much too, I think just speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I wanted to acknowledge too, that you said that like the work was more interesting than your classes. I also think, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that you want to pay attention to as a student. You know, if you're listening to this and you're experiencing something and you're just enjoying it so much, if you're enjoying it that much, and you're looking forward to going to this, you know, work environment where you're mm-hmm. learning something new or you're just around people who are, you know, excited about their work. I mean, pay attention to that because those things will matter down the line of like, yeah. you're able to say, oh, wow, I really love this working for this place because of these reasons, you know, mm-hmm. so looking for mm-hmm. those types of things in the future. Completely agree. Yeah. What other experience did you have kind of outside the classroom and outside of like clubs and organizations? Uh, in terms of past internships or just anything in general? Anything? Um, hmm. Maybe my internship with the Dream Builders Project, because not only were they a 501c nonprofit that deals with pretty much any problem you can think of, I think because they had connections with like a lot of celebrities. So like Don Cheadle, who's, I forget the character who he plays, but he, he's in Infinity War. Loni Love, who's like a host of like her own like show and like radio show. And this charity like holds like a charity gala at the end of like each year. And then I think that internship made me realize that I can like build these connections with people and do what I love at the same time. Mm. because during that internship I was also in charge of like well I created like a whole camp social media campaign for them really because the the gala was coming up and I was like I told my boss like why don't we start this campaign where we do these Instagram stories about these celebrities and like we just talk about what people might not know about them 
and obviously when I attended the the gala and then you see like all these celebrities and you see like all these guests talking to their favorite celebrities, you know, you might not know that Don Cheadle likes surfing and then all of a sudden you're just talking about surfing instead of like, just like generic, like, oh, what was it being like Iron Patriot and Infinity War or things like that, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like more like humanizing them in a way. I realized that, you know, the, the power that social media has and like humanizing people and like kind of like helps you relate to them, helps you relate to these celebrities in a way that you you don't look at them as like, like you can be starstruck, like there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, they're humans. They're just like us. Maybe they, maybe they like surfing all the time. Maybe they just want to talk about other things and just being in like movies or like generic questions about like your TV show or something like that. So definitely that aspect like definitely benefited me a lot and then kind of like going back to the sociology degree I kind of like saw more of that being implemented in this internship because I saw more of like the interpersonal connections with people and I saw like more of like the way that they interacted with these celebrities and just like this like good perception of like what they had of them before like they probably had like a good perception of these like celebrities before but now with this like what with what i did really with just like making this campaign i feel like i contributed to like humanizing these celebrities and kind of like making them relatable in a sense so definitely making that contribution to this like huge event where these like a list b list celebrities are going to be at is something that i'll always carry proudly on my shoulders so yeah. yeah so you have worked a lot in social media over the past year really yeah um, with mm-hmm. those two kind of experiences mm-hmm. what do you think has changed with like COVID happening and and building I, those <laughs> i think now with do you mean like just in general like about social media or, or however you want to take it <laughs> um i think it's made us appreciate well for one zoom obviously what we're talking through right now for sure I mean, but i think just I'm hopeful that it's changed kind of like people's perception on social media because before maybe you could debate as it's this like negative thing where people post these like false expectations and then you're kind of like wanting to be like this sort of thing. But I think now with COVID, we're just being more connected with people around the world at at, at a fast rate. I mean, if people are responsible, you're just only going out to getting essentials and coming back and then, you're, you're doing your work and then you're just on social media for the rest of the day. I think it's changed like compared to like, let's say like when Twitter vine and Facebook were just about to like pop off, I guess back in the early parts of the 2010s to the early two thousands. Um, many people kind of viewed it as this like, Oh, why do we need it? It's just like, you can just talk to your friends. kind of like, it's like, it's just another MySpace. Why do we need this? 10 years later, we're in 2020 social media is now it's like it's such an integral part to like a lot of these businesses because without social media a lot of these businesses wouldn't exist you know a lot of the, the their customers their audience they there there wouldn't be a lot of these companies wouldn't exist without social media essentially and then i think with youtube and twitch and all these like streaming platforms and video platforms obviously a lot of people are going to these platforms and watching more videos and more streams than ever before Mm -hmm. and i think it's just i i hope it's made people realize it's made people realize that technology is the future because i still think there are people who are still old school and like don't really understand social media and like you know they'll have their kids explain it to them but they won't really fully develop this 
this great understanding of social media, but I feel like we're at a point where like it's almost necessary to have like social media. Like, yeah, you can take your breaks and you don't have to be on it always, but how can we better improve our communities through social media? How can we further continue to develop these platforms to ultimately benefit any type of business or any just type of idea that you want to start? So. Yeah. So what are your goals? Like, what do you see next? Is that part of your vision or what? Like, Oh man. I mean, <laughs> post-grad life hasn't, I mean, it hasn't been that kind to me, obviously, because one COVID-19 global pandemic, that's not really, that, I don't think that was in anyone's plans really. Um, you know, I'm actively job searching, haven't had the best of luck with just responses. I've gotten, like, I've applied to like 25 a week and then you only get like two rejections it's like that's not really a good rate and obviously it doesn't help when some recruiters are lazy and just let the applications like pile up sometimes you have to reapply again then you gotta like send an email to like the recruiter you gotta show them like you gotta like pass through them a little bit it's what i've learned if like if you're really interested you gotta like send that extra email and be like hey like i'm really interested please i mean maybe not verbatim but like you y- you get the gist of it it's like just show that you're really interested um I'm hopeful that I'll work. Hopefully I'll have something by the end of summer because I mean, at this rate, at the rate we're going, I've applied to jobs that are at least a month old and I haven't heard back even with like a second email or like a follow-up. So it's a little challenging, but I mean, if my manager at 60 second dots tells me I'll be fine. And the fact that he's worked at such prestigious companies like Nickelodeon and Amazon, if he says I'm fine, then I'll be fine. So I have full faith in my abilities. I just have to wait on that one interview to showcase what I'm capable of. But it's just the waiting game at this point. So who knows when that first interview is going to come. But Yeah. So are you looking for something around social media, marketing? Yeah, social media, okay. marketing, anything within that field I'm open to. Well, if anyone's listening and has somebody who's hiring and knows somebody, <laughs> you could reach out to Geo. Yeah. <laughs> Please, please look at my LinkedIn or shoot me an email. <laughs> it's all on my LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, love it. Um, if you want, I can share your LinkedIn too on um, oh. the show notes if, if you want, if you're open to that. Yeah, but, yeah, that, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, um, we can kind of start wrapping up. So I guess just since college is so fresh on your mind and you just kind of mm. wrapped it up, what have you learned about yourself? I think what I've learned most about myself uh, during my four years at UCLA is that I'm so much more capable that than what I knew that I was already. Like I've become like so much more independent from my family. I mean, obviously you have to move back into them because of COVID, but it's like, it's almost that like angst of like wanting to work already. And just like, you know, being my own man in that sense and like starting to like do these things on my own starting to be responsible I guess, I mean, I guess that comes with like job searching at the end of the day, but UCLA will definitely teach you how to become independent and how to become, how to adapt to like certain circumstances and how to become your own person. You, you know, you find your, you find your own identity at that point. And I, I think that goes for, for any school really. You, you become to, you learn how to look for things on your own. I mean, it, it's good to ask for help at the end of the day. Don't get me wrong, but there's just some things where you absolutely have to do things on your own. Like no one else is going to help you. Like you are the help that's going to help you get to where you want to be. If you have the motivation, if you have the drive to do whatever you want, you're eventually going to get compensated for it. I mean, no matter how long it takes, but 
that's definitely the one thing UCLA has definitely taught me. Yeah, and I love kind of going back to what you what we talked about at the beginning again. It's it's like kind of putting yourself out there and trying. And then you said, mm-hmm. you know, you have to look for things on your own. So it's like there are some circumstances that that do kind of have to align at the same times, but there yeah. but you have to put yourself out there and and you have to like still apply, you know, like wow, yeah. I want to also acknowledge like you've applied to so many jobs and you know, uh, and yeah, you're not like getting what you want yet, but mm-hmm. you're still like, okay, I still have to put myself out there. And that's what perseverance is too, you know, mm-hmm. and we are in such a weird time because <laughs> you could just say, well, I'm just going to wait until things get better, quote unquote, and then I'll start yeah. applying. It's like, no, you're, you're still putting yourself out there and you're doing mm-hmm. things like this and you're still building connections and making relationships and still working at the mm-hmm. new school podcast. I mean, it, so you're still kind of doing things that are that are you know Mm -hmm. that gonna still benefit you so yeah I guess any other last words pieces of advice that you would give to students who are currently um college students do what you love and don't do something because your parents tell you that it'll make you a lot of money that's the one thing I will definitely (laughs) tell you to to follow because I I mean this is like a whole nother conversation (laughs) at least with the Hispanic community there's this thing where it's like jobs in STEM are always secure. You're, you're going to be safe there. That's not really entirely true. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what you want to do in life. If you want to be financially secure, you can almost do anything. I think there's this false like narrative that's, it's always been around. I think, I mean, ever since I was like a kid, there's in the Hispanic community, you always see these like people who, graduate with like a degree in like engineering and now they make six figures maybe 15 years ago that might have been the case but times are different employers now look for experience more than anything more than like a degree like there's so much more to like a degree right like i can have a degree in mechanical engineering but what good is it if i don't have any experience you know i'm better suited for like a job in social media because i have like all this experience than like a like like a student in in a mechanical engineering degree but like how hardly has any experience so just do just really find out what you're passionate about don't do anything because your parents tell you it's going to make you a lot of money don't become a doc don't become pre-med and then you just hate it two years in and it's like too late to switch just do what you love and you'll eventually be compensated for it that's my message It's, it's that simple yeah i'm a really big believer in like you can make a big difference in the world too and you can make money like it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive um yep. that's why whenever you're talking about social media and how it can really bring together communities and um there's some positive things that can happen on social media and i think a lot of times we talk about the negative aspects um mm-hmm. of social media and, and they're real and they're out there but there's also a lot of positive things like you said zoom and you know we connected and, and it's brought so many new connections and new friends you know because of this and so it's I think that narrative needs to be told too so maybe that's what you should be doing mm-hmm. creating a new narrative around social media mm-hmm. pretty much that's pretty much what I want to do so <laughs> yeah but, but like who, who would have said that that's a job right nobody yeah uh, I, di- I didn't think I would even be here four years ago if you would have told me if you would have told me four years ago Gio you're gonna work for one of the most prestigious production companies I probably would have laughed at your face. I'm like, no way. I love math and computers. So <laughs> things change as, as clearly shown with my experience. So 
Yeah. And continue, you know, anybody who's listening right now, continue to be open to change too. Like it's okay Mm -hmm. to change your mind and, and it's okay to have some influence, right? Like, yeah, your parents or your family may really want you to be financially successful. And that, but that doesn't mean the only way to do that is through STEM. Um, So if you want to do STEM, like I'm all about it, go for it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You don't have to do it just because somebody tells you that you need to. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Be open. (laughs) Be open. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom and your experience on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I mean, we met through the most probably unorthodox way, but I mean, we still had this episode. I I really enjoyed my time. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gio, for coming on to the show. Oh, so good. And you all just give me so much energy and hope in the world because I know that you all are going to be leading the next generation and you are going to be making a difference in this world. So thank you all so much for doing that and for continuing to push yourself, even amidst all of these hard times. Um, But thank you all so much for listening to the College Life Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss the next episode. And I will catch you in the next one. Have an excellent week.